We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie Show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. The Giannis edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I know not every single person listening to this podcast is a huge Bucks fan, but most of you are uh, going to be from Wisconsin and excited for the fact that the Brewers, the Bucks, and the Packers now all have MVPs locked and loaded for long-term extensions. It's a uh, fun time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Dusty, Sarah, how excited are you guys for Giannis? He plays um, basketball. Is that right, Steve? Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm joking. I no, I'm not a Bucks fan, but I do. I do like Giannis. That's uh, I'm a, I'm a Pistons fan, which means I don't follow basketball much anymore. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's exciting news. I'm very happy he was uh, he, he went back to the Bucks. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, I don't follow the NBA like as close as I closely as I do the NFL, but I do root for the Bucks. My dad was ecstatic about the news <laughs> because growing up in Wisconsin, like 
it was all Bucks, all Packers, all the time. So when I texted him about that, he was like, yes, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe he did it. Yay. So good stuff there. Yeah, I mean, if you follow the Bucks, if you follow anything like that on your Twitter timeline, uh, that was – that was the dominating factor of your timeline today. I saw so many videos. I saw so many appreciation tweets. It's it's exciting when you can you know lock down that guy that's been homegrown for mm-hmm. for a long time. And I mean, he's getting like sixty or seventy million dollars extra on top of what anybody else could have given him. So not surprising that he's here long term. But it, it's uh, it's a good thing for Wisconsin uh, sports and a lot of fun. So. Great, great news for the, for the Packers and the Bucks and the and the Milwaukee Brewers, but uh, your butt, your your Packers are sitting at ten and three. I love it. Uh, victory over the Lions, number one seed in the NFC, clinching the NFC North. I mean, it's just all good stuff. All good stuff, guys. Uh, Sarah, what was your what was your reaction? What was Twitter reaction to the game? How'd your article go for Cheesehead? Fill us in. Yeah, I mean, personally, I was ecstatic just that we won the North. You know, it was great that the Vikings lost. I always root for them to lose, but even more so on Sunday, I was like, please lose (laughs) so we can win and just clinch the division. And we did that. Obviously, you know, everyone was in agreement that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. This was the week, I think, where, you know, him and Mahomes have been neck and neck and this was the week where Rodgers was like no 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 I, I it's mine like I'm gonna get that so um he got the what is the state farm commercial where he's like oh thanks for the Rodgers rate or whatever that's that was this past weekend so super exciting there uh Devontae Adams made history uh Mason Crosby drilled a 58 yarder which was insane um god bless mason crosby the lone soul on special teams that does anything so um and twitter was super excited about it i know um a a bunch of people were obviously and rightfully so annoyed with special teams some people were a little bit annoyed with what happened on the defense i think the defense played okay they've definitely had worse games uh this year but, you know, it was it was a close one till the end. It was like the Packers were up. They seemed like they were going to win it all. And then the Lions came back and made it interesting. Um, funny story, my boss is actually a Lions fan. And <laughs> he's always like, yeah, I've, I'm, I've suffered for my whole life. And he texted me like halfway through the game and was like, sorry to bother you, but go Lions. And right after he did, the Packers scored back-to-back touchdowns. So <laughs> I just, I really got a kick out of that. Um, and I showed up um, on Monday at our Zoom staff meeting with a big grin on my face. Um, and it, it was a good time. So Very cool. Dusty, what would you think? Yeah, I mean, it was great, man. Like just, I, I was... I was more excited coming to this game than I've been for any game in a long time. And I don't really know why, but like the day before I just, I had a very good feeling about it. It's like, this is going to be a fun game. I don't know if it's going to be a blow up. I think it's going to be fun. I just, I had a, just a good vibe going in. I normally uh, watch the game with, uh, with my brother, or a couple brothers. My, my, one of my younger brothers has now in the age of COVID has converted his garage into an entertainment center he's got a he's got a projector he's got a screen hanging down so we pop those doors open and then we sit six feet apart and we watch the game together well 
Christmas is coming up and everyone's a little busy, so I didn't get a chance to do that. So I sat by myself in my office, uh, my home office, and watched it. I had the Packers game on uh, computer screen, and then I had the Eagles game up at the same time on the other one. So I'm like, the Eagles got up big, and I'm like, okay, you know, Packers are doing good, and well, you know, you know, fourteen, fourteen, kind of back and forth a little bit. That big savage sack at the end of the first half was amazing. Packers start pulling away. As the Packers start pulling away, the Saints start getting back in it a little bit. Some kind of a kind of a ball of nerves there. But yeah, by the time dust had settled, man, uh, number one in the North, uh, number one seed. It's it's a lot of really fun stuff they put on tape as well this week. So it's just a really really good week. Like could not have asked for a better week. My big takeaway is that Mason Crosby needs to teach J.K. Scott how to tackle. So (laughs) that's, you know, don't need to focus on kicking this week. We know they both can kick. Just show him how to tackle. It seems like that uh, Mason Mason knows how to do that kind of stuff. But overall, it it was a solid win. It's whenever you play a a division opponent, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like you toss out the – you know, the scoring averages and all that kind of stuff where the, the things get a little crazy. Daryl Bevel being in charge seems to have rejuvenated that team a little bit and their offense is playing a little bit better. Chucking the ball down the field with Matthew Stafford as opposed to Matt Patricia's dink and dunk uh, approach to everything. So, I mean, they played a, a, a better team than I think that record indicated. And when you take care of business on the road against a division opponent, I think that's a great thing. I think that really is. Um, and, you know, you look at at what the Packers defense did, and I know some people will argue against it, but, I mean, I think I, I was listening to Andy and Ben, and they were talking about um, how the Packers gave up basically 21 points. And, you know, the special teams blunder that you had, they, they you know, Getting giving up like a seventy five yard kick return and then holding them to a field goal that's a, that's a win man mm-hmm. like that's you're putting your defense into a tough spot they're they're doing uh, doing pretty well and then I'll I'll pat myself on the back and and say the one thing I really enjoyed watching was at the end of the game seeing Vernon Scott in there he was he's kind of flying around doing some really good things good. and I remember saying that was one of the guys that I was looking for seeing hoping that he got a little run. And uh, with Raven Green now officially out for the year, that's that that hopefully he can do some things. And he he graded out super well uh, on PF uh, Pro Football Focus. And hopefully the the Packers continue to give him some run and uh, can move some things around. But overall, good good game uh, for the Packers. Unfortunately, our prop bet did not come to fruition. Uh, mm. as pretty much has continued to happen for the entire year uh, since the beginning of the year. But uh, we had the 129.5 rush yards for the Packers, and they hit 120. So <laughs> all three of us had the over. So Sarah and I are now sitting at 4-8 and eight on predictions for the year. Dusty is 5-7. and seven. We will have our prediction for the Panthers game coming up. Dusty's pick this this week, and uh, since he's in the lead, I'm going to make sure he goes first with his pick uh, this week. So we'll, we'll do that. But news and notes for the NFL this week, Packers this week. The Packers have officially signed Billy Price, defensive tackle, to their practice squad. So I, I saw a note that uh, they had been trying to poach him from, from I think, Cleveland passed like uh, about two years ago and now officially have the run stopper on their practice squad would not be shocked if they move him up uh, within the next week or two to the active roster. I mean, 
uh, if, if anything is needed for the Packers, it is defensive line help. That, so he's a big dude that, that definitely would be able to help there. So hopefully that'll happen. Uh, one of the other things I saw uh, we talked about a little bit was that Aaron Rodgers now has 39 touchdown passes on the year. And J.K. Scott has 38 punts on the year. So, I mean, just outstanding stuff. A stat you would never imagine would have happened, but uh sarah dusty what are your any any fun takeaway from that or is it just just an amazing stat it's an amazing stat and what you know i had actually looked at um i started looking at drives yesterday what the packers have done on on drives this year versus what they did last year and just in terms of like efficiency and what they're doing and if you look at uh, i looked at drives that essentially were not kneel down drives and so you, you remove those and so if you remove those and just say like okay the drives when they're actually trying to score what do they do last year they were scoring touchdowns on 25 percent of those drives this year they're at like 47%. Like the efficiency and just the, uh, the, they're operating at such a high level, just a higher level than they were last year, just across the board on offense. Um, like, so I, like that stat was not overly shocking to me, but still when you look at you're in week 14, you have more passing touchdowns than, uh, than punts. That's you're doing something right, man. That's insane. My reaction to seeing that graphic was just MVP. That's it. <laughs> MVP. That's all. Well, it also speaks. I think it also speaks to Lafleur's um, Lafleur being aggressive a little bit as well, because he has. I mean, right. they've been in some of those areas when maybe they're going to punt. It's fourth and short, and he was going for it last year as well. But he's he's more aggressive. I mean, across the league, you're seeing that as well. But I think it speaks to yeah, Rogers being incredible, and then also Lafleur just 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 trusting in that offense and keeping them out there when when maybe they would have punted in the past. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Tuesday means Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers, and a special guest this week of Robert Tunyon. Uh, Sarah, I know you were able to take a listen to the show. Let's see uh, what, what were some of your big takeaways from that. Yeah, so I didn't get to watch Tunyon's full interview. I watched Roger's full interview, but uh, the little bit I did see from Big Bob was uh, he's very into meditation and yoga and everything like that. Um, Right after his interview, he actually said he was going to go to his meditation or yoga class. I don't remember which one, Um, but I just thought it was interesting. He's a funny guy. Um, and I can see why him and Aaron Rodgers have a good relationship because they kind of have that similar dry humor. 
Um, so I totally get why they've bonded recently. Rogers, uh, he talked about a lot of different things um, on Tuesday's episode. He opened up right away with a hilarious story about uh, Crosby's 58 yarder and just kind of what happened there. So he said, you know, they lined up to kick the field goal uh, and then the false start, uh, they called a false start and somebody from the sideline yelled punt, you know, while they, they were moving back. And he said, you know, gray hair over there said, no, 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 no. And like Rogers like held his hand up when he said it. And it was just so funny. Um, and he said, you know, and sure enough, he went out there and he drilled it. Um, it was good. And Rogers said, as soon as he kicked it, you could just tell it was good. And it was awesome. And he said, you know, I love Crosby. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, at the beginning of the interview, pretty much right after that, because that was like the opening kind of conversation, um, Pat McAfee said to Aaron Rodgers, so we're closing, the season's coming to a close, like just kind of transitioning into the question about the end of the year, about postseason, and Rodgers stopped him again and said, hmm. no, 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 buddy, it's just starting. And I loved that so much. Like it, it was just amazing. I was making dinner as I was listening to it and I just like stopped and I'm like, that's amazing. Love that. Um, so Aaron Rodgers is just getting started, which is really exciting because if he's just getting started and he has more um, amazing things to come, then I'm all for it. I want to see that. Um, he also talked a little bit about how the in the red zone aka gold zone for the packers that they are at a they're set they're converting 77 percent of the time and, and that's the first time um that aaron Rodgers, a team that he's been on has ever been over 70 percent um in the gold zone so he was saying that that was something he's really proud of that he thinks it really speaks to the efficiency on offense and the creativity and what they've been able to draw up and the last thing uh, that I thought was pretty funny was he was talking about swag That's and good. what swag really means. And that swag is not a style. It's not if you wear, I think his exact quote was, it's not swag is not if you wear a Supreme backpack, but swag is a mindset and it's a mentality. And he went on this whole thing about how he has swagger, but that doesn't mean what other people think swagger means it's a mindset that he is like on a different level mentally very interesting i saw that uh pat mcafee show clipped that um and it was one of their like promo teaser clips that they tweet out for every episode so definitely go take a look at that because that was an interesting take on swag from aaron Rodgers. um but other than that, that was those were pretty much the highlights. It was a good conversation, as always. I'm excited about uh, next week because I think, you know, he's going to have another great performance. So it'll be cool to hear from him again. What the hell's a Supreme backpack? So Supreme is like a brand. Uh, <laughs> you thought it was like just a really big backpack? They have those like fashion. I don't know. Maybe he's got like a lot of pockets or but it's the zippers. It's the glamping of know. backpacks. He's like imagining a backpack that has like three cup holders and you like open the front zipper and a tray pops out and you can like eat a meal. It's and got a all TV that. mounted all in there. All yeah. I can picture is like my Jansport backpack from when I was a kid. And you tell me it's like a Jansport Supreme and maybe it's got like an extra pocket somewhere or no. i don't know so supreme is a brand they have like 
clothes, accessories, and they have like the little little backpacks that you can wear that are, look kind of stylish, and a lot of people wear them. So, well, and the the quote, the actual quote I wrote this down, Sarah. He actually said, "True swag is owning your inner essence." And That's what I it was. could not, I did not for the life of me know if he was joking or being serious, but I he laughed. Wasn't. So I don't he know. He was not joking at all. Like he was dead serious. That was why I was like looking. I at this point I had finished making my dinner and now I'm eating my dinner, watching this, and I'm like, "What is he talking about?" Like, I, it I went know. on for a while. He talked about it. He's for an a interesting while. one. I um, <laughs> I, I I watched the Tunyon one. I actually watched the entire Tunyon one because I was I was really interested in it. Um. He worked out with Kittle. That was a big thing. He worked out with George Kittle in the offseason. And George Kittle is like strikes me as a lunatic. Like everything about that guy. Like he's loud. He says weird things. He had the whole like the make the he had the tight end, uh, appreciate your tight end day. Uh he he laughs like a maniac. If you've ever seen him like pancake block a guy, they had him mic'd up for a game and he's like laughing like a lunatic. And so I just had like this, okay, Tunyon's training with Kittle. And I, I just assumed the same kind of thing. But Tunyon was very, to your point, like very kind of dry, very like soft-spoken. Like just him talking about taking his game to the next level and kind of what he did this year and all of that was not what I expected because I would never heard him talk before from a guy who trained with uh, with Kittle. I think like the one thing, I'll only touch on one thing, is he was talking about before the season like how he's trying to like manifest these things and speak these things into existence or, or you know, kind of get himself in the right mindset. I guess Kittle's dad kind of taught him how to meditate and so he's kind of getting into that. And he had a, a goal board he did before this before the season uh and one of his goals he said was score five touchdowns he wanted to do that for the year and he's like i did that by like week six uh so it was like a, i had to readjust my goals a little bit so i thought that was uh that was good he he mentioned tony also mentioned he called hackett he called him uh he said he gets extra when they talk about their gold zone meetings he said they're his favorite meetings of the week and that hackett will come in like dressed in a gold suit and he'll have gold chains. He says they really do it up. He called him, he said, Hackett just gets really extra with that stuff. So that was uh, just the, the gold zones taken on a life of itself. So hearing from someone other than Rogers about that, about kind of what goes on there was, uh, I thought was a ton of fun. I think I read somewhere too, where he, uh, he was talking about too, how he got rides to Lambo for the first yeah. time ever. Uh, it was with Jordy in the back of his car. He said Jordy, and, I think Jordy and Clay were like his first two rides to practice. <laughs> and they had no idea who who the hell he was. Like, didn't know what his name was, didn't know what, what was going on, just getting so rides just, in the back of the just Suburban. Lo- yeah, load him into the back of the Suburban. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> just outstanding stuff. But, uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I also saw the other one where he apologized to the McAfee show for saying like 400 times. Uh, so I can also, uh, relate to that where I listen to myself on a podcast and I say, um, about a million times. So, uh, right, right there with Robert Tunyon on the same level. So next up, we've got what we always do Packers offense versus the opponent defense. And this week, week 15, I still cannot believe it is week 15. It's hard. It's crazy that it's flown by, uh, but we got the Panthers defense, and so it's the one thing that we are all looking for. Uh, and we also need to just, at least while talking about this, say that uh, Christian McCaffrey has been ruled out for this game. So just a fun little note that came out today for all Packers fans because 
as much as I, I love Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy team, I don't want him playing against the Packers. So it's a it's a nice little uh, side note that he's gone for the week. So, Dusty, uh, let's start out with you. We'll start out with the heavy stuff first and uh, tell us what you're looking for. I'm a man. I'm just I'm looking for the deep ball. I'm looking for how they attack this Panthers defense. I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago against the Eagles because the Eagles had, at the time and still, per football outsiders DVOA, the worst-ranked deep pass defense in the entire league. And they're still that way. They're still awful. And in that game, Packers went deep a lot. They went – Rodgers attempted uh, six passes over 20 yards down the field, and I think he went uh, three for six or four for six on them. Really good luck against the Eagles, and and they were targeting them a lot that was an area they really looked at and then you look at this past week when they uh they you know they adjusted the game plan a little bit against the lions and and they uh, rogers attempted one pass past 20 yards down the field so it's kind of one of those um at this point especially with some of the stuff they did against the lions like are they kind of tuning up for the playoffs are they throwing some new stuff out there but they but they still have to have the game plan to win and so looking to attack the weak areas and we just saw i mean last week uh, the Panthers got <laughs> Panthers got killed by Drew Locke. If you've ever seen Drew Locke throw a deep ball, he just heaves and pray to God it lands in someone's hand. That's that's Drew Locke <laughs> trying to throw a deep ball, and he torched him. Hamler had two long touchdowns. Uh, I think Hamler uh, had one touchdown in the year going into that game, if I'm not mistaken. He had two long ones. Um, they they just they had guys open downfield, and so it's kind of one of those. Okay, I I would not be shocked if the game plan is. All right, we're we're chucking. They've got you know like Brian Burns is over there. They've got a decent pass rush, but their their pass rush win rate is not great. And so Rogers should have a little time. That offensive line is doing well, and they're terrible against deep passes. So I'm I'm expecting you know chicks dig the long ball. You know apparently according to Aaron Rodgers and other other folks I suppose. Um, so I'm looking to see okay are they they they're going back to attack deep after having a relatively conservative game plan against the Lions in that respect. So I'm going to bring it in now that Dusty has taking it so far um and look at what i'm looking for is really very similar to that but on a much broader spectrum so uh, the thing i'm gonna be looking for is aaron Rodgers, what he does and how he's really able to exploit um the defense um carolina's defense on saturday gosh i almost said sunday the saturday game is messing me up so like Jesse mentioned, Drew Locke had a really good game, which is concerning if you are the Panthers. Uh, he was 21 for 27 for 280 yards and had four touchdowns, which was a career high game for him. And the Panthers are giving up an average of 250.8 passing yards per game. And Aaron Rodgers is averaging 283 and a half passing yards per game. So Rodgers on paper should have a fantastic uh weekend on saturday um should be another big game for him hopefully you know just a another game to add to his mvp resume uh, so really i'm just gonna be looking at you know what he's doing how they're exploiting uh carolina's weakness in general um because i thought that that passing yard statistic was really interesting and i think you know, he's gonna have a lot of fun I'm going to be looking at uh, Matt LaFleur and his scheme for this game because it's one of the fun things that having known Dusty for, what is this now, like a, almost a year and a half-ish? God, I feel like longer than that, hasn't it? I mean, this podcast be, been going too. We joined pretty quickly, so I, I think with over two years at this point. Man. Over two years. So, I mean, we, we give each other crap, and Sarah and I, and we all give each other crap all the time, but I think one of the things I've I've picked up is watching tendencies, watching things, um, 
being able to be manipulated. And uh, during the that Lions game, I was watching, and you see that bootleg from Rodgers, and I'm like, okay, there's going to be a tight end rolling with him. He's going to block, potentially be able to either catch the ball or somebody will be crossing. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, damn, that's MVS. MVS had the block, and then he caught the ball and went for a first down. So uh, one of the things I think I, I, I've definitely picked up is is paying more attention to that kind of smaller detail type of stuff. And I want to see what LaFleur is planning. Is he going to be planning for the future and the playoffs and starting to set up new tendencies? Or uh, is he going to start to do some manipulations of the old old tendencies, things like that? So um, I really am going to be looking to see what his game plan is. And I also want to give a little uh, shout-out to Devlin Sheehan, who uh, we asked for a bunch of questions from you guys. And as, as always, you deliver on Twitter. But basically, that was his question. He wants to know, are there any wrinkles to the Matt LaFleur offense that we haven't really seen rolled out yet? Tendency breakers, personnel usage, um, concepts um, like the McVeigh or Shanahan are using. And... Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. I I can't, for the life of me, the name of the new tight end is escaping me. Dusty, I don't know if you've got no, him on your D- brain. Dominic Daph- Daphne. Yeah, I mean they're they're already incorporating him. They're incorporating Tavon Austin. I mean it was a I think it was three wide, one running back, one tight end, and they had Daphne in there as the tight end. So I mean they're they're finding ways to get these new guys in. They're finding ways to use um, Tavon Austin in his first active week with the Packers. So I assume that's going to grow, especially with Swerve out. I mean, there's so many different things that complex things that are going to be able to be rolled out for the Packers. It's just I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Uh, and there's potential that there's going to be some snow on uh, Saturday evening. So uh, even more fun. So, you know, traditional Packer uh, football game on Sunday night or Saturday night and the snow. <laughs> so I, I'm looking forward to a lot of fun stuff there. But Dusty, it is uh, prop bet time and it is your uh, your pick. So tell the people what you chose. Yeah, all right. So, uh, you know, Steve kind of came up with this one, actually. So we, we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand. I had a Robbie Anderson receiving yards thing, and we went back and forth. And what we settled on, kind of fun, uh, just, just to bring up some of these stats, we're going to go we'll set the over-under, Teddy Bridgewater, passing touchdowns at 1.5. Now, the Packers, the reason we kind of set it there, Packers, for the season, are averaging, you know, you'd think, you know, so much talk about the defense, defense, defense. Um, they're averaging 1.7 touchdown passes against per game as a defense. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater has already, through 12 starts, has already tied his career high in touchdown passes for his career at this point in the season. But his career high in touchdown passes is only 14. So he doesn't, he's never been a guy that like really hucks it downfield. He's kind of a, you know, dink and dunk. He doesn't have the greatest arm. He'll take shots occasionally. But he's not, I mean, he's not over his last uh, four games. Two touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, zero touchdowns. So Packers 1.7 against. Bridgewater only thrown 14 at this point in the season. So we're going to go, and Steve just mentioned, threat of snow. So over under 1.5 passing touchdowns. All he needs to do is throw two, but he's thrown two touchdowns less than 50% of his game so far this year. So, <laughs> all right. So that being said, you're, Steve, start, you're starting. So pick yeah, it out. St- Steve's going to make me go first because I'm leading here. Um I don't feel great about this, but I'm taking the over. Um, like we were talking about beforehand, Steve, you're right. Like two just doesn't seem like that many. And with the threat of snow, 
it still doesn't seem like that many, but also Bridgewater doesn't do it very often. I can just, there's just going to be, I know Steve, I saw your face because I know you're thinking the same thing I am. There's going to be the at least threat of a garbage down to time touchdown. The Packers yeah. could be up by 21 and with a minute left, they're driving down the field and have like two shots left from the 10 yard line. Like that's, I could see it coming down to that and it's going to throw that touchdown. If I take the under and be kicking myself. So I'm going to take the over and just bank on that happening. All that scenario. I just said, Steve, how do you feel? Not great. You don't feel great. No, well, this is my my thought process was I want to I was going to pull a Sarah. I was going to fade myself and sit there and say, you know what? Like it's Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't throw the ball very well. It's going to be snowing. They're going to want to rush the ball. I don't care if they have they don't have Christian McCaffrey. They're still going to want to run the ball. Um, And it doesn't make sense for him to have over two touchdowns. And I'm like, okay, well, then I'll fade myself and I'll take the over. And I, and Dusty would have been taking the under, and I'll be fine, and I'll, you know it'll be the opposite. And then you're like, I'm going to take the over. I'm like, God, <laughs> I was going to take the under, and then since we started recording, I somehow talked myself into the over. I'm sorry. That's okay. It doesn't make sense, and I have a four and eight record anyway. So I'm just gonna I, I'm gonna go opposite of you, and okay. that's my reasoning. So I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under and say Jair holds down Robbie Anderson and. The snow makes it a little bit harder for the noodle arm of Teddy Bridgewater to get the ball deep down the field and one touchdown pass, if that. So, Sarah, what are you thinking? So I'm going to take the over, which means Steve and I are going to split. My reason for taking the over is pretty much what Dusty already said, but you know, he said, I think there's going to be a garbage touchdown. I think – that it's going to be like a little short pass, you know, because yeah. Teddy Bridgewater isn't known for deep passes. We've already went, already gone over this. And I think there will be a horrendous missed tackle that will then lead to a touchdown. And I, I can like see it in my head. I'm going to be back at my parents' house and I'm going to be watching this game with my dad and it's going to be a garbage touchdown and it's not going to matter at all. And I'm going to get pissed off because with like a minute left, <laughs> They're yep. going to score and I'm going to lose this prop bet. So <laughs> I could be wrong. You know, I could be having a vision that's totally wrong. I hope I'm not. So I'm going to take the over. I think there's going to be some dumb little touchdown at the end because we missed a tackle or something like that. So we'll see. God, let me be right because Steve <laughs> will never let me live it down. If it's anything like the Lions game, they're going to throw like six screens in a row and that's going to be their touchdown. Oh drive. my God. That was so, <laughs> that was so painful to watch. <laughs> Wasn't great. Yeah, not great. All right. So let's get into the questions from everybody on Twitter. Uh, you guys definitely delivered again. So thank you as always at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelher for at C Perhatch at Packaday podcast. But Thanks again for the question. So we'll start off with John Kramer. What's the biggest issue with the Packers run defense? Poor defensive line play, poor linebacker play, or poor scheme? Uh, Dusty, I know you had a couple thoughts on this right away. Uh, yes, 
It's all of the above. I mean, it's yeah. we, we've talked about this before. I mean, I do think uh, I think maybe we're starting to see a shift. Hopefully, as guys kind of come up a little bit. I mean, you know, Kenny Clark we know is a monster, and and the other guys in there are just guys. But I think Kamal Martin's been putting some good stuff on tape. I think Petten's been kind of getting some more guys down by the line to kind of maybe stop some of that and kind of muck that up a little bit more. So I think it's. I mean, for me, and I've said this a thousand times. I mean, I think I think it's part scheme, uh, part coaching, just because there's kind of a passive approach. Petten's whole thing is is you know kind of being passive rallying to make the tackle the problem is they can't make the tackle you they make you string together multiple plays because that gives them more opportunities to to get a turnover or get a stop or something and it just it has not been working because they're not great tacklers but i mean so i think that's part of it for me the biggest thing it, it always comes down to d-line i mean we know kenny clark is amazing um and, and if there's a i mean kiki has been coming on i think kiki's been playing really really well but when we had, you know, Lowry and Lancaster, those are like just guys and they'll get pushed around a little bit. And so I think, you know, linebacker plays, Steve's you know, talking about linebackers because that's what Steve does. But I mean, Shocking. you can you can have below average linebackers that make a difference if that D line is good. I mean, and if the D line is bad, it's going to be really, really hard, even with like elite level linebackers to make a huge difference in that game. Just just that's just the nature of it. So for me, it always starts up with the D line. And I think I mean. Honestly, I think the D-line starting to come together with Kiki kind of coming up a little bit more. They're not going to be elite. They're not going to be amazing. But I think they're starting to look a little better. But for me, that's that's the starting point. It's it's D-line. Sarah, anything to add? No, I, I think it definitely is a combination of the three. I like what I see from certain guys. I know Amos has really kind of come through the last few weeks. Uh, Alexander's been great all season. Then, like Dustin said, there's guys like Clark that – are really the anchor points. I think, you know, spread out around on the defense, there's some anchor points where you're like, okay, they're a legit player, but then there's just not enough guys around them to really, you know, find something and um, put together a great um, defensive team as like a unit. Um, But I, I agree too. Like, I think even if there were those pieces of the puzzle that some of the schemes are pretty weak still, so I think all of it plays in um, to the reason why, you know, they lack um, in certain areas on the defensive side of things. But I think it, it has been better. I haven't been as pissed off at them, just like slightly <laughs> pissed off at them. Yeah, I don't think there's much else I could add to that. So, I mean, I agree with a lot of uh, pretty much everything you guys said. So we'll move on to the next question from Brian. Three-parter. Uh, and, and God bless him for answer for for knowing who we are and getting into the food and bourbon questions and Packers questions. So, number one, what is your ideal running back situation for next year, and what do you think will actually happen? Number two, what is your best fast food burger? And number three, your best bottle of bourbon under a hundred dollars. So, Sarah, you don't have to answer the bourbon question, but. Uh, Running backs and burgers. What do you got for us? So, like, if I, if it was a perfect world, I would leave everything the way the, exactly the way it is. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and then AJ Dillon in like a supporting role. I think you know in the next couple weeks, now that he's back, and it's December and it's cold and it could be snowing in Green Bay. I think you know he might see the field a little bit more. In a perfect world, I would like that to happen. Um, but in the real world, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I sadly think that Aaron Jones will, you know, he will be gone. 
as much as I would love to see him stay. Um, and I think, you know, the guys around him want to see him stay. I just don't know if that's going to happen, especially with him now, like he has a new agent and they're still negotiating deals. It just seems like it's trending um, away from Green Bay at this point. But who knows? I could be wrong. I hope I am. Um, so I think in reality, it'll be Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon, and someone else who that is. I don't know, um, but we'll see. Moving on to burgers from a fast food restaurant. I've talked about this before. Shake Shack Burger is my favorite one. Absolutely love it. Um, If you haven't had it and there's one near you, try it ASAP. Um, If there isn't one near you, I'm sorry because you're missing out. (laughs) Dusty, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, my ideal running back situation is, is roughly the same as Sarah in a perfect world. Um, perfect world. Definitely. I mean, Dylan seems like, you know, definitely going to be there next year. And I think, you know, going to be a big part of it. And you, I would like to pair him with a dynamic guy and Aaron Jones is a dynamic guy. So ideally Aaron Jones, Dylan, I like Jamal Williams, but if Jamal Williams, uh, left and Aaron Jones stayed, um, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, Jones is, is the better of the two. Steve is going to debate me on that because Steve is always like, get Jamal Williams more carries than Aaron Jones and all this stuff. But I disagree with that take Steve. <laughs> uh, so ideal world, <laughs> no cap, uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. Now I, I, I don't wait, think wait, that's good. I don't want to interrupt you, but you were like in an ideal world with no cap, but you like pause and you were like in an ideal world, no cap. No and cap. I, <laughs> I'm uh, like, uh, like that. Sorry. That was too funny. Uh, I Sarah, I'm, I am 40 years old. I did not mean it. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it after I said it though. I was like, is that how that's used? Is that how the kids use that phrase? Um, <laughs> is that what the cool kids say? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Hello um, fellow youths. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think what's going to happen, it's it's A.J. Dillon is the guy. Uh, I think, like Sarah said, I think William's probably back. Um, uh, I have no idea. And then I, I, I would say another guy in the draft, mid-round draft, just a dynamic guy. I think Williams, you know, obviously we've, we've talked about him. Williams has uh, improved this year. He's kind of cut down his weight. He's become more dynamic. But I still would like someone that it, that's a little flashier than that as like a counterpoint to Dillon. So that would be my ideal uh, best fast food burger, man. I've really come around on Shake Shack. I really like Shake Shack, but I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Five Guys just because they've got the best bacon of any fast food burger I've ever had. It's it's incredible, and I love the the, the grilled onions, grilled peppers, all of, all that stuff you can add to it. So I'm gonna go with uh, with their bacon burger. Just absolutely love that. And then uh, best bourbon under 100. So this is tricky. Um, Steve's gonna back me up on this because. It's a hundred as far as retail, I assume, but it's also what you can find for that. So, like, I was looking at prices. Weller Foolproof retails at fifty, and that might be one of the best bourbons I've ever had. You can't find that for less than like two hundred bucks ah. on the secondary. Yeah, you you don't find that at retail. So, as far as like what I can find, what I've had, what I can get in my area, um, and it's harder to find this nowadays. But yeah, Eagle Rare you can get for thirty to forty bucks. That's a ten year bourbon good good money like that's for the price best bourbon in that price uh, if you want to go a little higher than that i go um and i can't find it here but i could find it in wisconsin is that elijah craig barrel proof which is just incredible um so i think that's what i'll go for the, the weller 12 if you can find the weller 12 that's that's amazing as well but again you can't find that so i'll go eagle rare in that 30 to 4 dollar range and if you want to go higher uh, elijah craig barrel proof is, is incredible thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, 
Fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. As far as the running backs go, ideal situation. Um, I can't see an ideal situation that Aaron Jones is back. Like the, the dude's going to get paid. Like there's no way the Packers pay him. So to me, that's that's not an ideal situation. Is paying Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, let's say it is the the Dalvin Cook money. He's the, he's getting a seventeen million uh, like per year. That's that's insanity. You can't do that, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers being your quarterback, making thirty plus million dollars a year. So. Just ideal situation for me is being able to bring back Jamal Williams, uh, having AJ Dillon, and then like Dusty Cerebo said, bringing in somebody. You know, it's going to be a draft pick. It may be a free agent, low level, but somebody who is that scat back, somebody who is that explosive player. Like think somebody like Tariq Cohen, somebody who's fast, agile, quick, is just going to be able to beat somebody off the ball. It, that that's the kind of person. And I, I really think next year Green Bay is going to be a running back by committee. It's not going to be anybody you're going to want to draft for fantasy. It's not going to be anything fun or sexy, but they're going to have three people that do three different things, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. It's not going to be Aaron Jones taking the ball 77 yards, but it's going to be fun and exciting. Um, so I think that's kind of where they end up going. That kind of blends the whole ideal situation and what they do. They actually do. I think those are – that's the reality we're living in right now is that Aaron Jones is gone and that uh, they're going to be hopefully bringing Jamal Williams back. But I mean, I guess I won't be shocked if he's gone too. So the, they could potentially find somebody that would be a free agent experienced on the market that uh, might not cost as much money. So best burger, I'm going to go with Sarah as well. Sm- uh, a Shake Shack, their double smoke shack burger is mm-hmm. outstanding. It's got some red peppers, so it's got a little little bit of heat to it, uh, which I really enjoy, but like overall just that's a high quality high quality fast food. I mean, if you're going to spend $20 on a burger, fries and a shake, you might as well do it there. So, that's definitely definitely a place to go. And as far as bourbon, yeah, Dusty, like Dusty said, if you're if you're talking retail prices, Weller's your place to go. But if you're in Wisconsin, you're never going to find that anywhere. I think maybe once I've seen a bottle of Weller in Wisconsin and Milwaukee. But uh, for me, the ones that I've been going for lately have been seventeen ninety two. I was lucky enough to find a twelve year of that. That's been outstanding. That was fifty bucks. Uh, I got my hands on a sweet wheat, but that was a secondary market. It's it's decent. It's I think a little hyped. Uh, kind of goes with Blanton's with me, where you know, you can get those for sixty, seventy bucks, but they're they're going to be a little uh, like everybody wants them. They're a little overrated, uh, but they're still good. Uh, but like you said, Dusty, the things that I go for are going to be like the aged ones, where yeah. you can find a twelve year. You can find the. Uh, the barrel select, like those kind of things that have a higher proof, you're going to get more of a taste. You're going to get more of a quality and you don't have to drink a lot of it where you're going to feel the, 
have what was it uh when i was doing the the tours it's the kentucky hug where it's like right in the, ch- the middle of the chest you feel that burn <laughs> like you know you feel that right away with those higher proofs of uh of bourbon so that's uh that's what I would suggest, you know, getting some of those ones that are barrel proof, things like that. That'll uh, that'll get the job done very, very, very quickly and have a good taste to it. So next up, we've got Eric Rose, uh, our good friend who wants to know last two weeks. We've seen an efficient but few offensive possessions per game. Is this deliberate for Matt LaFleur uh, to keep the defense off the field or just the way the Oreos crumble lately? <laughs> and then uh, in honor of the NFC North championship or the NFC North title, what is your go-to celebratory meal? So I think, Sarah, we started with you last time. So, Dusty, uh, what are you thinking? What's going on with LaFleur's uh, offense? I mean, I kind of touched on a little bit earlier with with you know kind of game plan and, and the shots and all the stuff you're kind of doing there. I'm, cook, I'm looking at this is a good question. I don't know if Eric's been tracking what I've been doing, which I'm looking around my room for cameras right now. Uh, so maybe he has. I haven't found any yet. But um, just earlier this week, it was it was looking at drive stuff, and so I mean, I'm just looking at you know average time per drive over the past couple of weeks. And I talked about you know the Eagles game. Uh, where they had they had nine nine drives that they you know they're looking to score on in that game and their average drive was you know three point three minutes uh, and they were taking again six shots over twenty yards they were they were looking to push that downfield and so as you're doing that I mean you're going to have not only you're going to have more bigger plays you're also going to have some incompletions as well that kind of stop the clock and so that that takes a little longer so nine drives in the Eagles game average of a shade over three minutes per drive. And then against the Lions, where we just said earlier, he took one shot over 20 yards. They had seven drives, so two fewer drives, and they were around five minutes per drive because you're you're trying to work the running game in a little more. I think the, the, the run game splits, they've been running a little more lately. Rodgers has had more, I think, 10 rushing attempts this past, uh, over the past two weeks, so you've got that working in a little bit as well. But I think some of it's just game plan. They're averaging uh, you know around nine drives per game, and so they, had, uh, they went seven against the Bears, nine against the Eagles, seven against the Lions. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's part of it's a game plan thing. It, it's a taking shots versus running game working versus, you know, and, and some of that also goes into if they have the lead if they're trying to milk the clock you know when in the second half are they doing that so i think part of that is game to game game plan kind of what's working there it's not i don't think it's overly concerning because if you're if you're if you're scoring on those which they have been i mean if we look at (laughs) their highest their number their highest number drives for the year is 12 they've done that three times they've done that against the bucks They've done that against the Jaguars, and they've done that against the Colts. Two of those were losses. So just because you've got more drives does not necessarily mean that you're that you're actually scoring more. And so I mean, it's it is. I'd say it'd be concerning if they weren't if they weren't scoring or they weren't showing the efficiency they're showing. Because if, if you're only getting you know seven drives per game and then you're getting stopped on a couple of those, couple three and outs, yeah, that sucks. But also if you're going three and out, you're likely going to get more drives down the road because that drive took less time. So it was kind of a push pull to it. But I do think it's a week to week game plan thing more than anything. I it's I don't really think there's there's a reason to worry about it from what I've seen. Um my go to celebratory meal, I don't know, man. I don't go out to eat anymore, I guess. So um I don't know, cereal? I'll just eat cereal at the table, I guess. I mean <laughs> I mean in a, so in a in a perfect world, man, in a perfect world, uh taco tra- taco truck at a brewery. Um there's that's like I can't think of anything better right now. That it it sounds amazing to me. What is the go to cereal? Uh, right now it's uh, it's cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. 
At least it's not something said like bran, like all bran or something like that. Yeah, some grape nuts that I sprinkle a little sugar in as a treat, Steve. (laughs) Not every day, though. Not every day. (laughs) Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Um, As far as the offense, Dusty pretty much covered it. So I don't need to talk anymore about that. But um, meals are... I'm not sure if we're only talking like football celebratory meals or just celebratory meals in general. Take it however you want, Sarah. Yeah, so I'm going to take it two different ways. Um, so if my team wins, no matter what sport it is, again, going back to a burger, I, I would love to just sit down with a big juicy burger and fries and just bask in the win and enjoy that. If we're talking about like a celebratory meal in like my personal or professional life. Like I'm probably going to up my game a little bit and get like a steak or something like that. Um, You know, keep it a little classy, um, get a little fancy with it. Uh, So that's where I would go with that. But yeah, I mean, after a Packers win, I, I, you can't go wrong with the burger. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, very much with Sarah that uh, Dusty covered pretty much on everything on the offense that needs to be covered. Uh, so celebratory meal, I will go with uh, what my wife actually made on Sunday. So after the Packers won, I had steak, green beans, and uh, mashed potatoes, and a glass of bourbon, and I was uh, I was That's in heaven, man. So it was lovely. it was delightful. Uh, the steak was cooked perfectly, like mashed like I was I was good, man. Like I was having a really really good night. So. Next up, let's see. We have got um, one from David who wants to know, any breakdowns on special teams? Uh, I mean, all of them? Uh, <laughs> the answer is just yes. Uh, there's, yes, there's breakdowns on special teams. Yes, it's, it depends on the day. It's either the, the kickoff team, the punt team, uh, fumbling on, on kickoff returns, all this kind of good stuff. But Hopefully with Tavon Austin back there for some punt returns, moving some people around on kick returns, and maybe a little stability on the kick return teams. There there won't be as many gaffes and things like that. Like it's it's always a thing when when there's injuries, special teams is a place that that takes those hits where the depth uh, is lacking for that team for the Packers. It's going to be in special teams now, so you can kind of see why that happens. Um, so to me, that's kind of the biggest thing there. So let's move on. Next one we got from Jay. He wants to know if Rodgers wins the MVP and they play in the Super Bowl or win it, do you see the Packers restructuring and extending Rodgers' contracts like Brady and Jimmy G situation, or is Rodgers still gone in a few years? So, Dusty, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many unknowns. I mean, the, the Jimmy G thing. I mean, he was there for a while. Um, you know, before before they ended up doing it, they've got the Packers have time. Um, this is Love's first year. They don't know what they're going to have. I mean, with Rodgers, the the it was kind of one of those like, how's he going to do in year two? We all kind of assumed he was going to take that jump that the whole offense was, and they were. And so, if he keeps playing at this level, I mean, Super Bowl MVP, regular season MVP, whatever, like doesn't matter. If he's playing at the level he's playing at now. For you know the next couple of years, that makes the Packers. It's it's a really hard decision. We've been. So we, I think we said this before the season. We said this a few different times. If Rodgers keeps playing like this, I, I it's hard to envision a world where they get rid of him. Like it doesn't matter his age. If he is, if he's got complete command of this offense, like not just the throws, but just just how he reads everything, how he sees everything, how he's in tune with all the guys. Like 
<laughs> you don't say, well, we drafted Love, and so after two years, we're just gonna, you know, give up on Rogers and we're gonna do Love because we drafted him. Like if Rogers keeps now, if there's a decline, that's a different conversation. But right now, if he keeps playing like this, I it's really hard to see a scenario where they move on from him. Yeah, yep. I mean, I agree, and I think it's it's a little soon to tell. Even if the Packers like win the Super Bowl and it's amazing, and Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP, there's still time left. I think mm-hmm. they could give it another year, even two years. And if Rodgers is still playing lights out like he is right now, and he still looks great, then they can be like, okay, we need to talk about adjusting something here. But I think there's still time. Uh, certainly is probably something they can start thinking about, but I don't think they have to make that decision or make any changes right away. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. It's, uh, I mean, Jordan Love would have to be going insane in preseason games next two-ish years and insane in practices to the point where the where he's making it a point for the staff where they're like, okay, this dude is like, he's legit. Like he is the, he's going to be the the next guy in order for that to happen. And again, like you guys all said, it's, you just need that time to see. So it's a good question. It's just a matter of, it's kind of a wait and see at this point. Next up, Sarah, we have got one from Brian Hartstad who wants to know uh, his love for the pack a day podcast, keep up the great work and wants to know, of the NFC playoff teams, which team scares you the most and why? So for me, even though the Packers already played them and beat them, the Saints scare me the most right now because I think it's hard to beat a good team twice. Um, so that's something to consider. You know, if they have to play each other later on, the Packers already beat them. They might have figured the Packers out a little more. Um, I know. Green Bay was without Devontae Adams when they played and the Saints were without Michael Thomas. But still, I think, you know, they're both at very different points in the season. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen with Drew Brees um, and all of that. But the Saints just kind of scare me in general. They always have. If you've been listening to this podcast on the long term, I'm sure you remember, um, you know, before COVID and everything like that, this was – when I saw that the Packers had to go to New Orleans, that was a game where I'm like, yeah, they're going to lose. Like, I just mm-hmm. was scared of that. And like, yeah, that stadium packed with fans. But, you know, it turns out that wasn't the case. Um, but, yeah, they, they scare me a little bit just because I know it's hard to beat a good team twice. I think uh, Seahawks are also another team where it's just like, mm, I'm scarred from past experiences. So I'm, I'm kind of nervous about that. But those would be the two right now that are on my mind. For me, it's it's the Rams, um, just because I mean it's uh, that defense. They got the number number three defense in the league. That defense is scary, and I also just have flashbacks. Lafleur is more uh, Shanahan in his approach than than McVay, but he was offensive coordinator under McVay, and and I just have those I have those uh, those not this year but prior year the last year Niner flashbacks of like whatever Lafleur wants to do, McVay already kind of knows that. So you've got this, you're going up against an inc- an incredible defense anyway, a defense that's, that's amazing this year, and a coach that knows the tendencies of the coach he's going up against. I mean, Lafleur has evolved since then. He's got his own things, but there's also there's something that makes me very nervous about him going up against a guy that he kind of was under and kind of came up with a little bit. So for me, it's, it's, it's Rams. Yeah, I, I was going to go Rams as well. So, I mean, I think we've kind of covered the the big hitters of the, the NFC for the playoff picture. So that's kind of where we're sitting. 
next up, we've got Don P with reports of CMC won't play on Saturday. Uh, will they be ready for Derrick Henry next week? And why is the answer no? Uh, <laughs> outstanding question there, Don. And we all know that basically they probably won't be ready. Billy Price may be a call up at that point, and hopefully he can be a bit more of a run stuffer. But I mean, I think to be fair, and we're trying to move this a little bit quicker now since we've had a lot of questions. But I mean, we is everybody in agreement you're expecting Derrick Henry to run all over the Packers? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of uh, kind of where we're sitting. And then let's see, we got last question up here. We've got one from Ken Payne who wants to know biggest sleeper to make an impact late season or, or postseason. Dylan, Austin, Barnes, Lowry, somebody else. So Sarah, start us off. Who's your biggest uh sleeper impact? I hope it's Austin. I really truly do, because I think that um and I saw Aaron Nagler tweeted about this. Um and he basically said defense, the Packers defense or special teams has to improve. Um, the offense is obviously doing great, but in order for them to like, win a championship, win the Super Bowl, two out of the three have to be on. Um, I think if you know Tavon Austin can come in and at least make somewhat of an impact on special teams, that kind of bumps you know the, them up a little bit. It, it brings the team up as a whole. Um, the defense, unfortunately, like some of the issues there. I don't think are necessarily fixable right now. Like that might just be moving guys around in the off season, being active during free agency and trying to get someone to come in and mix things up. So I think if someone can make an immediate impact now, it's Austin. I really hope it's him. I know everyone was joking on Twitter because he like had a fair catch um, on Sunday and everyone was like, that was the greatest fair catch I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I loved it so much, but I really hope that we get to see him do something um, and that there's some sort of result there because he has so much potential and in, in an area that Green Bay is of need right now. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, it's not really a sleeper um, because you know his first round pick has been coming up. But I think Savage, with the way Savage has been playing, he had that sack uh, at the end of the first half that kind of really nicely dialed up, but nicely timed sack by Savage. And we talked about this I think last week. The way the offense is playing right now. Uh, the defense doesn't need to be locked down. They just need a couple splash plays a game. Like, that's it. They need a sack at a big moment. They need an interception. They need a tip pass. They need a big stop on third down uh, on a couple drives. Like, you don't you don't need to be world beaters. You just need to be good enough. And right now, with the way Savage is playing and kind of where they're playing him and how they're moving him around, that's the dude. And if you want to, I mean, sleeper, you could also probably go Kamal Martin with the way he's playing and kind of getting some snaps there as well. But for me, again, maybe cheating because I don't think it's sleeper. It's 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 savage. <laughs> Just the way he's playing, the way they're putting him around. I think if you're looking for a guy that's like a playoff game, end of the game, you don't necessarily need to stop you in a big play. The way Savage is, uh, that's, that's the dude right now. I think I'm going to go with Vernon Scott, uh, double down on my, my pick <laughs> from last week. And, just say, like, if, if somebody's going to step up and somebody's going to be doing some things that you weren't expecting, you take a seventh-round pick as a sleeper. And if Savage is being used towards the line of scrimmage, if Amos is still as that roamer in the back and you've got somebody you want to throw as a linebacker slash hybrid safety, like, that's that's a dude. Like, a, a young kid who who's smart enough to 
to to be able to be on the field for Pettin's defense and make solid tackles. Like I, I I still remember times where you know he's making open field tackles and things like that. So I think he's uh, he's legit a a good uh, somebody that can step in. Like he said, uh, I think for like fifteen ish plays uh, for for Raven Green, and hopefully that can jump up for the next couple of games and, and ramp him up for for the playoffs. So I like him a lot. Uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate uh, we appreciate all the questions that you guys sent in. They were great as always. That should wrap it up for us for the for the week. But uh, let's do some closing thoughts. So, Dusty, why don't you hit us up? What's your articles? What do you got going on this week? Yeah, uh, you know, same same time, same bat time, all that stuff. So yesterday over Pack Report, I had um, a. a, a there's a handful of concepts throughout the year I've been tracking. One of them is the all-go halfback seam. So they, they've run this out of different looks. So they ran it twice this past week, and once was kind of a, a fun little variation, kind of had a little flavor of, of Holmgren's Texas concept in there as well. It's a, They've been running the same concept at least once a game, sometimes two or three times a game all year, looking to kind of hit something big up the seam, and they haven't yet. So now they're kind of playing off of that a little bit. They're, they're throwing angles inside. They're running flat routes underneath and getting guys in space. So it's, it's a fun concept like just it's beautiful to look at and they're doing some really fun stuff with that so that was uh yesterday at packer report that's up and then today at packer report i get into that savage sack that i was just mentioning i got to talk about um the the concept of safe pressure and and zone blitzes and kind of you know the the origination of that where that came from and and the packers kind of showing that they got pressure from an overload blitz using scare quotes for blitz because there's only a four-man rush even though they showed seven at the line so uh really fun uh dialed up pressure from pet in a big moment that that savage came through on and then also today over on cheesehead tv i've got passing chronicles which was fun because like i said this was a really fun week to look at they're throwing uh wrinkles on on tendency breakers in there as well kind of tuning up a little bit so Instead of kind of just rolling through, hey, here's seven plays I thought were kind of fun, um, I'm grouping them a little bit. So this week I've got a few plays of kind of a smash fade variant that they were running, a few plays of mesh variant that they were throwing out this past week. And then lastly, we've got the play action boot with uh, with – with I say like a wrinkle off a tendency breaker that Tanyan t- the Tanyan touchdown a couple weeks ago was kind of a, a takeoff of the PA boot and now they're running a wrinkle off of that to account for a vacated zone from the backside safety off of that so really really fun week as far as like oh they're 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 in it now man they're they're dialing all this stuff up and they're getting ready so really fun week and that's uh I, I mentioned this on Twitter but I've been doing I've been writing football for I don't know seven years strictly passing stuff for the past two and a half or something. This is probably the most fun I've had writing um, since I've been doing this. Was was this week just the just the stuff we saw, what Lafleur's been building off of, and kind of what he unveiled this past week. Just a lot of fun stuff this week. That's so exciting, Dusty. That made me happy that you said me you too. had so much fun doing that. Uh, looking forward to checking that out. Um, you know, the usual. Instead of Sunday, though, it'll be on Saturday. Game recap will be up. You guys have been absolutely freaking amazing, awesome, wonderful. Every positive adjective. Um, and sharing some of your feedback with me just about your thoughts. And it's been fun uh, to include that uh, in my story each week. As far as just kind of a funny final thought, this is so random um, and it made me laugh. But so on Sunday after the Packers clinched the North, SportsCenter tweeted out like a graphic and had Aaron Rodgers on it. It said NFC North title clinched Green Bay Packers. And then the caption on the tweet was the Packers are the kings of the NFC North. So I see the tweet after I write my recap. I like it, and I, I might have retweeted it. I don't even remember at this point. And 
I look at the comments just like for fun. And Subway, like the sub shop, the verified account commented on it and said, well-deserved, great team here. Um, so I have no idea what's going on with that. And like, it, I don't know if it was like the Subway social media person is a Packers fan and they forgot to switch their accounts, but they left it. It's still there and it's hilarious. And it's just so funny to look at it because you just like see all these other comments like, oh God, I hate the Packers, like weakest division in the NFL. And then there's just the official Subway account that's like, well-deserved, great team here. So <laughs> it's a good laugh. I'd go check it out. But yeah, thank you guys for following along every week and also for sending in awesome questions for this episode. We got a lot of good ones. Yeah, definitely great questions. Uh, for me, I will say I got to give Dusty and Sarah some props because they were kind of telling me I needed to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I, I gave that a shot uh, a couple of nights ago and – yeah, I started watching. Like, I think I went through like fourteen or fifteen episodes from like nine o'clock to like two o'clock in the morning, and finally, finally broke down. I was like, "Dude, I gotta go to bed. I gotta work in the morning." But uh, legit show, so that was pretty funny. So thank you for the show recommendation. I appreciate it, guys. But the only other thing I've got to say is happy holidays to everyone. Enjoy the time um, if you are seeing family. Be safe, but enjoy the enjoy that time and enjoy the fact that the Packers are are really good right now this is a lot of fun it's a, it's an exciting time to be a Packers fan and uh just yeah kind of bask in that uh that glory that it is to be a Green Bay Packers fan right now so thank you for listening as always uh five-star reviews whenever you guys can do it again follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher for at Steve Peratch at Packaday Podcast we will catch you next week, hopefully after a Packers victory, sitting at 11-3 and three and still Kings of the North. As always, go Pack Go! wait is finally over football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook 
experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.